I didn't just like jump right in and start engaging because I was really, I am and, and was really shy. Um, but it took me a few months and then I kind of started to wrap my head around what, what it meant to like what the blockchain blockchain could mean to artists and, and just the fact that like a, a digital asset would be worth something. Like, I think that when that clicked for me, I really decided to jump fully in. Welcome back to another episode of Lights, Camera, Crypto, the podcast exploring all things entertainment and Web3. I'm your host, Stephen Ladin, and this week's guest is filmmaker and photographer Julie Pacino. Julie discusses in this week's episode her family's background, her obviously her name carries a lot of weight in the entertainment industry, and she discusses how growing up in a creative family really helped her own helped further her own creative pursuits and find her voice and the importance of that familial encouragement to pursue her art. We also get into how the traditional forms of photography and filmmaking were in some ways sort of limiting to the ability for her art to to get to the people that would best respond to it and how Web3 and crypto has allowed her community to be built organically around her art in a way that typically we don't see in, in the traditional models of film and television. A community has been fostered around the, the artistic product that, that Julie is coming up with. And she's not, as she, as she describes, she's not changing the formula. She's not changing the process it's still the same process of creation that would be for the traditional forms of, of media, but there's a different response. And so we unpack that in this episode. It's really, really, truly inspiring. And let's dive in. Julie, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thanks for having me. How much uh, influence did growing up in an artistic household have on your aspirations to become an artist i mean it, it was a it was a huge influence i one of my earliest memories is being on the set of one of my dad's movies and um the devil's advocate and uh walking into into walking onto a hot set and no one was really around and then there was just this like burnt up corpse like obviously fake but like this this prop corpse burnt up and I must have been like seriously four or five years old and um and so I've I've always like I think I that's that might be like my earliest memory and and so always just since that moment have been really intrigued by alternate realities and and using the medium of film and photography to explore and play and really escape into into a story um and so and then obviously just having uh both of my parents uh in the sort of film theater business and um encouraging me to follow my art and do whatever it was that um that made me you know want to wake up in the morning and and so um yeah, like I, I just, I feel like I was born into it and have a, a, an insane passion for it. It's like I make 
I, I make my art because I have to, mm. you know? And so I think that's like, that's the true mark of an artist is it, it's, there is, there is no, no more important reason than just like, I have to, I have to do something with these feelings and, and turn it into something. And so, yeah, I mean, definitely growing up in that environment was extremely uh, influential and in, in a huge part of the artist that I am uh, today, for sure. Sure. And it sounds like then the support too and encouragement from, from both your parents, would it, would it be fair to say was, was instrumental in also understanding and believing that that's also a path that you can, a tangible path you can pursue? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I was lucky in that regard that like my parents were really encouraging of it and kind of like the the ground rules that I had growing up were just like, you, you don't like, you have to just do something like as long as you're doing something, um, we're in support of, of you. And so I tried all sorts of things. Like I was a ballerina at one point and I played competitive softball. Um, but all the while, like was always writing and, um, writing stories. And when I got a video camera making little short films, like it's just, it's just always been a part of my life and has always been encouraged. And one of the greatest sort of nuggets that my, that my dad gave me was this philosophy that, um, if you focus on the work or the art that the rest will follow. And so like really always encouraged me to just, um, to just do it for the, for the art of it and for the work of it. And, um, you know, often it's, it's hard not to get caught up on like, when is, when am I going to be making a bunch of money doing this? And, and, you know, that's, which is important. Like I, I like artists deserve compensation. Um, but I think more towards like when I was getting started, in the film business, um, those words of encouragement really helped me kind of like stay patient, um, which is a hard thing to do when you're 19 years sure. old and, and you just, and you're out of the house and you just want to make everything happen all at once. Um, but yeah, definitely amazing, amazing having just access to, to my parents as artists and being able to ask them questions as I like move along my life journey um as an artist and how freeing too is are, are those words you know to be able to essentially create as you said for from an artistic standpoint of of expression versus like i need to do this or i have to do this i mean the have coming from an internal place rather than we're, we're, we're talking finances like uh, i i need to do this to survive it's like you're talking about surviving in a different sense like if i may uh feeding your soul, you know, and, and exactly. so how, how important were those early words to your overall evolution as an artist? Cause I think the alternative is, you know, we, we, you hear from parents uh, a lot, certainly mine were, were always like, well, Steve, you have to get a job to do these things. And it's like, well, or you can, you can really hone in on what you love. And by doing that, you're creating a product that, as as your as your dad said is is true to whatever it is that you're creating. So, question being, how how did those did you did you ever find yourself creating? Did it did that advice open you up to be to feel free to create what you wanted to create rather than feeling like you had to create something to as you're saying 
the 19 year old in you that was like, oh, well, I want all this stuff. I want to reap the benefits of my art, you know, immediately. You know, did, did it help free you artistically? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I don't know, like, I just, I somehow, like, I was really, when I was 19 and 20, and like, I, I really, and I was in film school and, and working on actual sets, which was like better than what I was learning in film school, just like actually being on sets. Um, I was eager and excited about the future, but I also had, was like blessed with this like strange foresight at such a young age to kind of like know that I had time. And I still feel like that, you know, I'm 33 or I'll be 33 in, in a couple of weeks. And, um, and I still sort of feel like that. Like I, I, I really don't get hung up on the when um, or the how, because that to me really is the exciting part of life is, is just getting to, to be witness as, as those things unfold. Um, I, I just try to remain focused on the why I'm doing what I'm doing. And um, I've always sort of had that in me. And again, just like, kind of think it was ingrained in me at a, at a young age. It was just like, do things with purpose. Um, and, and everything after that will sort of work itself out. It's obviously easier said than done. Um, but it does feel better, right? It's like, I've had ruts in my life, obviously, in, in, in my creative process. And I, 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 when I lose sight of that, like I kind of got, it, it, I have to just like meditate on it because I'm like, it actually just feels better to just kind of surrender and let whatever is going to happen, uh, happen. Cause sort of that's, that's sort of the point of, uh, of life. Anyway, I'm getting sort of ph philosophical and, yeah. and deep, but, that's great. Uh, but you know what yeah, I mean? No, totally. And, uh, uh, on that tip. So it's like, you control what you can control. You channel what you can channel, and then from that place, it's ideally an, uh, an authentic expression of yourself. And really, you, you, there's nothing you're trying to mold, or you're letting the art be what it is. Yeah, exactly, and that feels good. And I think that's the best way to make like the you know obviously the the most like organic, authentic version of your art. I've ran into trouble when I've tried to um, make my art, like, not like, like, I don't make my art for the, for an audience, but, but I do consider myself an audience. So I kind of like that. I kind of make sure that whatever I'm making, writing, photographing, um, is like just something that I would want to see. And, and then I don't know. Yeah. Like it, I trust that, like, I like movies and I like cool photos and I like reading cool scripts. And so, I kind of just trust that there are other people like me out there and that's, I know we'll, we'll get to web three, but that's, um, that's, what's been so great about, about the NFT space is just kind of that instant feedback, um, and kind of, and connectivity. In terms of that space, how did you, how did it find you? How did you find it? How did you get involved? What was sort of the inception? I got onboarded by, um, a, a guy named Will Savis, who I went to, I actually like grew up in the same town as, and, and we had like kind of fallen out, out of touch for a while, but um, had stayed in touch on social media and Instagram and stuff. And um, about, I would say 
like a year and a half ago, almost two years ago, I started, like I was very silent on Instagram and, and didn't really like social media and was kind of anti it. And so I was only posting pictures like once every couple months. And um, my manager had like seen some of my archived photos and was like, you, you should be just sharing these. Like, these are really cool. And I was super resistant to it. And so, and he was like, come on, just like commit to three days a week and see what happens. And so I started doing that and um, all sorts of things started opening up for me in terms of opportunities, like in the photo world. And one of, one of the, whoops, one of the things that happened was um, Will saw these photographs that I was posting. And this would be, this was in like, March of 2021 and he was at the time he was like relatively new to the NFT space as well and he sort of started sending me some info about it and was kind of way ahead of the curve in in thinking like hey photography is going to really take off in this space I think Justin Eversano had just had just done Twin Flames and it was doing well but it it hadn't like catapulted yet but Will really could see where it was heading and and he really liked my photos and um, was telling me that there wasn't really anything like it in the space, these sort of cinematic, uh, emotionally charged portraits. And so I spent a couple months like going back and forth with him, asking questions, learning about the space, sort of like low key uh, stalking it on Twitter. Like I, I didn't just like jump right in and start engaging because I was really, I am and, and was really shy. Um, but it took me a few months and then I kind of started to wrap my head around what, what it meant to like, what the blockchain blockchain could mean to artists. And, and just the fact that like a, a digital asset would be worth something. Like, I think that when that clicked for me, I really decided to jump fully in and will help me pick, uh, a hundred uh, one of ones that I had taken these, this series of photographs that I took at the Madonna Inn uh, hotel of my friends. And, and those photos inspired a screenplay that I, that at the time I was in the middle of writing. And so we kind of like crafted this first drop of these 100 one of ones and told this story about how the photographs, like me capturing these characters inspired a screenplay and then sort of challenging the audience the collectors to like engage with the photos and and at, see if they could formulate a story out of them um and so i dropped that in august of 2021 and it we sold out in under 30 minutes wow. and like suddenly i was just connected to all of these amazing people and i was having conversations about my artwork that i'd never had before and i felt like m my voice was heard and like i talked about earlier like I felt like suddenly there was just this audience that saw things the way that I did and um and yeah like it was amazing and people were asking me well what's the movie and where can we see more about the movie and um I didn't I haven't really looked back since then you know I, I kind of found found the place that I know I want to create in um and so it's been it's been a magical sleepless year and change in the space. Sure. And, and what's really cool about that, it sounds like so prior to discovering and immersing yourself in the NFT world, art and, and your sharing of it was, as you said, you know, you were a little more shy and perhaps a little more reserved with when it came to sharing photos and stuff like that. And, and what's cool to hear is that not only entering the space, were you 
you know, dipping your toe and sharing a little more, but the feedback was really positive and not only positive, but validating to the expression of what you were trying to put out there. So it, it sounds like it was the kind of the perfect blend of, Hey, I'm opening up and sharing with the world. And now I'm getting the feedback th that's in line with what I was trying to put out there to begin with. Yeah. I, you just said it like the space rewards vulnerability it, it, in my experience. And that's a really vulnerable thing to do. Like it's not to be taken for granted, like sharing your artwork with a bunch of people and putting it on the internet for everyone to look at and scrutinize um, is really scary. And showing up to talk about what you're expressing with your work, like these are things that are challenging for artists to do. And um, before Web3, I felt like I was doing a lot of it, uh, showing up, talking about my artwork, sharing it with people. But I felt like uh, it was almost like I just I wasn't being heard. Like it, like it was I was grinding every day and um, trying to get, you know, traditional film people to be on board with my vision, but I wasn't really getting anywhere. And then in Web3, it was like I, I was still grinding as hard and, and showing up every day, only it, it, this time people were paying attention and engaging with me. And, and that's like, so to have that, to have that uh, validation and feed and like instant feedback as an artist and as a businesswoman um, is, is just like, has just kept me going and mm. has helped me open up and, and not be as afraid to be vulnerable and um, you know, just myself. In terms of a artistic creativity standpoint, is it the same process creating for web two and web three, just web three, as you're saying, you're, you're heard and validated versus the more traditional model. There may have been, it, it may have been a, a, a higher climb to, to get that same level of being seen and, and, you know, val validated. Yeah. It's the same creative process. Definitely. And that's, that's good. I think that's, that's going to be helpful when onboarding, more artists. Um, obviously, there are like some technical hurdles involved with minting and creating your own smart contract or, you know, mint mechanics. Um, but luckily, there, there are an abundance of people who are just available to answer questions and or like collaborate and, and do it for you, which is like when I dropped my larger scale collection to fund my movie, that was like 3,400 photos. Um, I, I luckily had a great team, great partner in Bueno, uh, Pablo Stanley's company, and they just held my hand through it and were amazing. Um, but in terms of like the creative process of actually making the assets, it's entirely, it's just exactly the same as Web2. It's just like more people will pay attention to it than what which is amazing. Sure. So so same process, just sort of different sandbox in which everything exists. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's yeah, the process doesn't change. The process hasn't changed, you know, my entire life. Like 
I've become more crafted at my art uh, as a filmmaker, as a writer, as a photographer. Like the craft, you know, with experience comes improved craft. But um, but a, an NFT is it's it's just a digital asset. It's it's art. It's a photograph is a photograph. Like if you want to call it an NFT, like I don't know. I think those three letters in that order sometimes scare people <laughs> and and like people get very defensive about it. Um, and it's just kind of irrelevant, uh, to me because I'm, I'm an artist and it's just, it's just a way of, of sharing and monetizing my art. Sure. So in many ways, it's no different than you could say a traditional print. If you had one of a hundred that were off of an, you know, uh, you have a photo, the original photograph, and then you have, you know, a hundred signed prints. Isn't it essentially the same thing, just digitized? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just digital versions of that, and I like to offer actual framed prints with my one of ones that I sell because I'm like looking at a picture that I took on my wall right now. Like I, I, I think hanging like physical pieces. Uh, in one's house is like I I I do it and I like so I like to offer that but um but obviously like everyone has a digital or most people have digital identities now like it's we don't even think about it it's it it's kind of become so so natural in a in a really weird synthetic way um for us to just like we exist online and Instagram and Twitter and sharing your story and here I'm taking a hike today here's a picture of it like that's all part of one's digital identity and so if my artwork is a part of my identity then digitizing it and and putting it on the blockchain just makes sense like why wouldn't things that are that are digital uh, carry value sure it's you know that's just kind of the direction that we're headed for better or for worse yeah. and i've i resisted it at first but now I'm, i've sort of embraced it um and i and it feels great awesome and it, and it sounds like on a personal level too the the kind of entrance into the the space has kind of overlapped and coincided too with with the, again that timing of initially as you said you're you know kind of resistant held off as long as possible but it's it's actually it sounds like allowed you to open up too and 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 increase your imprint digitally as well as in whatever the real world that we co we call it now uh <laughs> as well yeah exactly yeah definitely i mean there's a big barrier to entry like i was i was just hesitant at first because like i i think like the barrier to entry is massive because there's like such a stigma around crypto and um decentralized uh, art trading or purchasing or selling because it's you just hear those horror stories of someone that like accidentally sent a million dollars to the wrong wallet yeah. and or like lost their password and and like and so it, it's it's interesting like in in the web 2 world like how that narrative is really pushed and like you know crypto is just like oh there's no customer service for crypto and it's just like well i've like sat on hold with chase bank for hours and like wanted to pull my hair out uh so i don't really know like what good customer service is doing in the real world but that's that's definitely what like scared me um at the beginning but again just like having someone who was onboarding me and like really helpful in that process to explain things a hundred times 
um, like that's, that's essential. And now it's been really cool because I feel like I'm able to be that person for other, for other artists. I've onboarded a bunch. Um, I buy art from a bunch of, like, I love buying from people who've never made a sale and just like amplifying new artists in, in that way. And, um, and yeah, but like that, that first step is like really scary and challenging uh you know when you're like that first time you're like writing down your seed phrase yeah on a piece sure. of paper and it's just like don't take a picture of this don't ha only have one copy of it memorize it if you can and it's just like the stakes just seem so high yeah well and, and like anything though i think it's anything new especially of the magnitude that web3 is or you know the future of the internet uh it's, it's kind of like riding a bike though. You know, it might seem awkward at first. It might seem foreign. What's the point of this? And then, Oh, there's a practical use to riding a bike. There's a practical use to owning your own data and to, you know, being an informed internet user in the sense of, Oh, well, I'm going to have my own wallet. And like, to your point, you can be on hold with a bank for an hour and that customer service isn't really doing much for you. Or you could spend that hour learning, something new that then you can have total control over and sure exactly. like anything there's inherent risk but it, it seems that you know if if the risk is more on you rather than external risk that you have no control over so exactly yeah and it's the same thing coming from like it's the same thing on the on the side of like being an artist like, I don't know, there's also like a misconception that it's really easy and that you can just show up and like put your art on the blockchain and then it's just like, okay, why am I not a millionaire yet? It's just like, it, it's like that. And that's such a misconception because it's like, I still, I like maybe work harder than I've ever worked at, as an artist. But, but again, the feedback is so instant that there's like, it's like really easy. It's a lot easier to stay motivated. Um, but, you know, in this space, since it is decentralized and it's, you know, the, the beauty of it is people showing up as themselves and the accessibility that it brings. So, uh, more than ever, you know, I, I've, I've had to really put the work in myself, do the outreach myself, you know, it's, it, that's what works best in this space is that authenticity. Um, again, I'm speaking more towards like one of one art, like obviously there are PFP collections and people who are anonymous, which is all an, another side of the web three space. That's amazing that you can, you can kind of just show up and, um, and, and, and just be completely private and let your artwork speak for itself. Um, but with the stuff that I'm doing, it's just always made more sense to me to show up as myself. And like, that's really, it, it's sort of the easiest thing to do is to be yourself um like sort of the easiest thing to do yeah well and and again i think you you kind of have the use case here where showing up as yourself creating from that place within you that is authentic putting that out there having that be received i, I mean it, it takes all the call it uh, traditional web to anxiety kind of out of the <laughs> equation when you know, you're, you have a vision and for better or for worse, folks aren't perhaps seeing it from the same lens. And then all of a sudden enter this space and, and the barrier to be understood is far less. Yeah. And just, 
feeling like able to like it's so yeah it, it's such validation like with my movie just sharing my screenplay with certain like call them I don't know like dudes in suits that sit behind desks like I don't know and them telling me like why my movie isn't gonna work and why there's no audience for it it's you know a, a movie that deals with the subject of abortion and and with a female lead who's does who's not like traditionally gorgeous and has her own path and is like relatable and normal. Um, like being told by them, like, well, your artwork is not, is, is not going to be accessible to anyone, but then being able to go to web three and just like eliminate those gate gatekeepers and, um, prove, prove that wrong is, is the best feeling in the world. It's just like, Oh, you like, I always knew that, but I but I was being told by people who try to take art and uh, apply a formula to it. That doesn't really ever work, you know. Like, like it works in in a business sense, right? Like you have you cast this list of famous people that will have this much value in this territory, and you sell the movie, and then you make that like that. I get that, and that's that's a formulaic approach, and it really works, and it's a business model, but um. But I'm, I'm, my brain just doesn't work like that. Like I'm, I'm an artist and I want to make things that I want to tell stories that I, that I have to tell, um, and tell stories that will spark conversation and that will enable me to just connect with other people. That's like why I make art in the first place is, is to be able to connect with others. So, um, web three has like provided me with that. Yeah. Opportunity. Yeah. And, 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 and you said, you know, you, you, earlier on that you're creating for that audience of yourself first and foremost and you know it's 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 almost like hearing you say that uh on the suits element or you know the execs saying like hey you know this particular thing you're working on isn't viable it's like well in many ways that's akin to someone like invalidating your emotions you know and be like oh well you're not really feeling that way it's like yeah i am so <laughs> yeah, so totally. in the same way it's like it all i i i would imagine then Web three has helped has helped you lean into you. Absolutely, yeah, and it's yeah, it's helped me lean into me in all facets. Just as an artist, embracing my sexual identity, which is like not something that anyone should ever be feel like they have to do or be pressured to do. But but I realized that if I you know was open and shared my story, that it could actually help other people and. That's something that's also really important to me. I feel like, um, I feel like positivity and um, and making people feel like they're seen and heard, and that their art does have value. Like I think that that the ripple effect that that can have, like if you just are able to provide one person with that feeling, um, or or help them find that feeling within themselves, like that spreads so, so quickly, so much quicker than negativity. And so in terms of like, um, you know, a life's purpose or whatever, like I, I really, I don't know. I've been, I, I've been born into an awesome life. I, I knew at an early age, like what I wanted to do. I had a family that supported that, uh, and still supports it. And so I just like, it's really important to me to try to provide those opportunities for as many other people 
as possible. Um, and I think that like ultimately is how we turn the tides from like from negative to, to positive. Uh, it's, it doesn't take much and, and those ripples kind of go on forever. Mm. Um, it, and, and it, it just, it just takes a little push. So now having the ability to give back in that way, like even if it's on a small scale, like I'm, not, I'm by no means like a whale that's like running around the space, dro- dropping thousands <laughs> sure, of each. Sure. Uh, but, but I, I, when I make money in the space, I, I give as much of it back as I can. Um, Cause that's kind of the ethos. And the idea of it is to create this self-sustaining ecosystem of artists who want to, you know, be able to, buy some shiny new camera gear, but also keep their lights on and then just like give the rest of it back to other people and, and amplify each other. Well, and, and that amplification is, is so cool to, to like play out visually in your mind. And then you can kind of see the landscape based on what you just described, where you're living yeah. your authentic self. You're putting that authenticity into the art you're creating a product then that from that DNA is authentic. Other people are consuming it. It's well received. Now you're able to, as you said, have a, you know, turn, turn, sustain yourself and then can inspire others to hopefully tap into their own authentic expression. They go out there, put their authenticity out into the world uh, in whatever means they do, hopefully artistically. And then suddenly you can consume their art and they're sustaining themselves through the same sort of process. So yeah, it's cool to, to also hear how the communal building of web three as a self-sustaining mechanism has its roots in people creating art from a true place and, and, and having that be sort of the collective goal. Yeah. I love how you just broke that down that, yeah, that, that's how it goes. And I've seen, like I've collected from artists who have, it was their first piece that they sold and I bought it for like 0.1 ETH. And then watching them over the course of a couple months, like have their floors risen above one ETH and they're just, they just catch that momentum and it snowballs. And I know it's fun watching that. And you know, it's what I experienced. Like I, I remember when we minted my first collection, we sold them, it was a hundred photos at 0.2 ETH each. And I remember saying to Will, like, I'll be just like so happy if I get like 10 sales. Like if there are 10 people that want to spend, you know, a thousand plus dollars on my movie, I mean, on my photos, like that will just blow my mind. Um, and so, and then it, and then it sold out. And so it's just like that, that is that validation and positivity and belief in oneself is like so contagious. And once you get it once and you kind of like hook into that energy flow and you're like swimming downstream, like it's just, it just flows. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, like I, I like to just, it, it feels so good to pay that forward. Mm. And, and in terms of getting into that flow, you mentioned prior, the the barrier of entry even though this is an awesome pool we're talking about it's it sometimes can be challenging what do you what do you think is going to be helpful helping artists get into the space and 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 what do you see as sort of uh protocols or or 
people like yourself who are helping other artists enter the space. What's the sort of, how does that barrier of entry get uh, lowered? I think just education and, and accessibility. Like I try to, I'm like so behind on my DMs, but I really try to sift through the ones that are trying to sell me something. And like anyone that has like a, a actual question, I do my best to answer. Um, I think that's, that's the key, just like mainstream education and obviously mainstream adoption, which is happening in major ways, right? It's just like Adidas and, and Facebook, um, <laughs> even though the jury's out on, on whether or not like they're yeah. coming into the spaces, a positive <laughs> or a negative, but, but the point is like that, those kinds of things and even platforms like one of or a nifty gateway that like allow you to make purchases without having to have a MetaMask or hold crypto. Like those are all things that, um, that will ultimately help. And, and honestly, like, I think the main thing is just time. Like it, it's, I don't know. I'm not that old, but I do remember when email was like a thing and it was, it was like, no one really, got the point of it um and now look at us you know we walk around with with inboxes in our pockets so i think just time will will, will help uh and and in the meantime accessibility and education and trying to like destigmatize the whole situation but that's tough because we're going up against centralized uh companies and corporations that that don't want us to have this freedom so there's a lot of um, politics and like, I don't know, propaganda might be a dramatic word, but I'm going to, I'm going to use it. Like there's a lot of that going around, going on in web two. That's like scaring people. Sure. Off. Well, and to your point, there's a lot to lose economically. I think for a lot of those larger entities uh, that would, you know, when anytime as we've seen throughout history, uh, throughout the ages, anytime uh, economics are, are, play a role there's there's certainly uh you know factors that uh try to influence the sh the, the 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 tides but it sounds like just i mean from from the freeing nature to 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 your experience and and sort of again that communal aspect of what where it appears web3 is going that you know it's going to be undeniable and it probably already is in many ways uh it's just going to be I guess I'm repeating you a matter of time <laughs> before things uh, yeah, exactly. kick off when in, in, in terms of just your artistic process is when you choose a, a photo or a piece for a collection, what, what goes into it for you? Like, how do you, do, you know, if you're looking at uh, you mentioned the uh, hotel collection that was associated with the movie, like, how do you end up choosing what goes in? What, what you know, if something's on the borderline, what pushes it over the edge? How, how does it all uh, for you make the cut or not? That's a great question. Um, well, I think it's just, it's like on a project by project basis. So like the way that my sort of NFT uh, presence is, is structured is I kind of have like sort of two tiers where I have my, my, collection keepers of the inn which is large scale and and made up of of editions uh and that project the funds from it part of the part of the raise was to go towards financing my movie and so the situation with those photos was like i just want to make 
I, I want to take pictures that um, will, when you look at them, will give you the same feeling that I intend on giving you when you watch my movie. And so that anyone who was buying them would know, like, like the way that it was presented was like, I want to make a movie that looks and feels like these photos. Um, if you also would want to see a movie like that and help me make it, then buy, buy one of these NFTs and you'll, you'll contribute financially and you'll also be a part of my community and I'll be able to like discuss creative decisions with you. Um, so that's what, that's what that drop was all about. And that, that was kind of like my reason why, like why NFTs, like I see a lot of people come into the space and just like do it for the sake of doing it or trying to make money. And for me, and I know that some of those are successful, uh, but for me, just like having that intention of like why web three, well, because when I did my first collection, I was stimulated by the conversations I was having with my collectors and I, th those conversations inspired my art to be better, like inspired, I, they were pointing out things that I hadn't even intended that I was seeing that I was like, oh, that's a great idea. And so same thing with Keepers of the Inn. It was it, like, that's, that was just like trying to capture the photos that best represented the feeling of my movie. And then my sort of other tier would be like my super rare one of ones, which are more fine art and kind of a departure from my like cinematic, uh, colorful, I mean, they're still colorful, but like a departure from my like sort of storytelling, um, photos where, where my subjects are kind of playing characters. My super rare pieces deal more with, uh, my relationships with my, my girlfriend or my family. Um, and they're more like documentary style, like sort of, you know, intimate portraits of the people in my life and and how they what they look like through my lens and um that's been really fun because and also like when we talk about being vulnerable like especially vulnerable with those sort of more fine art one of ones that are really that are really personal um so those are kind of like my two tiers and and the super rare pieces are uh you know, I only release one of the, like, I'll, I'll drop one. I'm dropping one again in a couple of weeks, but every like couple months those come out. Um, whereas like keepers of the Inn is, is a, is a daily conversation. Uh, cause I'm in the process of making that movie. Awesome. And, and, and yeah, in terms of the movie, how has it all come together through web three through the drops, you know, what's, what's that process been like in terms of the, the creative input from the people who have purchased your work. And I maybe talk a little bit about how that process has sort of evolved and, and how it differs from the traditional filmmaking model. Yeah. It's been amazing because I've like, well, it's been such a learning experience too. So we like dropped the collection in uh, December of 2021 and by January 13th, we had sold out. And so the film was like officially greenlit and fully funded. And then we were also able to launch some other initiatives that we had built into the, uh, to the drop where we're able to fund some short format work for other uh, women or, or queer artists and um, via like a grants program and, uh, have a have part of those funds go into a wallet to just purchase artwork from underrepresented voices um who had never made a sale before and so that's like something that we try to do 
like weekly is just make those per purchases to try to like just bump those numbers up. Um, and the, the filmmaking process has been really cool. And, and the, this drop has been a learning curve because, you know, I, I, the first sort of roadmap was like, we're going to, it almost had like Kickstarter vibes where it was like, you're going to get to like see behind the scenes and read the script and get to see how a movie is made. And um, there are a few people in our community who are like really uh, excited by that and have had individual conversations with me about it and have read the script. And that's great. You know, the, that those personal connections with like individuals, but I think like on a grand, uh, on a larger scale, it's not like, what I've learned is that people like I want to know how movies made because I'm a nerd and I'm a movie maker and I think the process is fascinating but like the the mass the masses like aren't necessarily interested in tuning in every day to like get updates on where I'm at with my movie and so I'm really excited right now because since we have started shooting the movie um and we're going to be able to shoot the movie over the course of a few months which is like really awesome to shoot and then edit a little bit and then kind of make decisions on what I'm shooting next. Um, we're going to be like announcing a roadmap version two to reactivate the community where we're packaging that same information, but in like a creative way where we're inviting people to sort of be a part of this thing, this, this larger keepers of the in brand where the movie is a part of it. Um, but you know, there's, there's like a, a, the identity of it is, is, is beyond that. And being a member of the community means more than just getting like daily updates on, you know, what in my shot list has changed, <laughs> you know, but, but like my door is open to members of the community who do want to know what's going on with that. Because again, like I'm a junkie for the process and I love it. And I'll, I will like answer the phone and talk to anyone about it. Um, for for you know for as long as they want because it's just so it's just so fun for me um, so that learning curve has been really fascinating and it's been cool to kind of like evolve our roadmap and our and our sort of rollout strategy with the movie based on what we're learning um, you know on the go because everything is so everything changes so frequently in the space and everything is is grow I mean it's the beginning so everything is growing and kind of defining itself and um and I love that we've been able to like apply our lessons I'm really excited about what's coming this this fall and winter with the movie awesome and and so it sounds like it's a it's kind of like a choose your own adventure as a community member you can you can be as immersed as you want to be you can learn what you want to learn from you or you can have more of a laissez-faire you know, experience where you want to dip your toe into the highlights and, and, and experience sort of the more pivotal moments or chip in creatively where you can. So it's, it's really, uh, it, it sounds like it's, it's, it's whatever the experience can, can be whatever a community member wants it to be for him or, you know, her, it, 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 it's totally. it, rather than, Hey, as you were saying, the traditional Kickstarter model, like, hey, this is what you get at this level, and this is what you get at this level, and this is what you get at this level. It's it's more, hey, what do you want to do? Here's what you're you're able to do. Yeah, and just kind of gamifying the experience because, like, my movie, there's like a very cultish aspect to it. It's a psychological horror film, and um, there, but there's like this these sort of witchy ceremonies that go on within it, and um, and so just like 
translating that into web three stuff and building the community more around like the lore of the film and the world that I'm creating within the film, um, as opposed to like the movie itself, which is sort of in a sense more technical. Whereas like, I feel like I really want to, uh, expand our reach and expand the brand and have, have it be this, this real, you know, community with, with, um, with layers to it. Uh, and so I like, yeah, that's, that's kind of the trip that I'm on now and where my mind is at in terms of the future for the, for the, for the brand. Hmm. In terms of the future of the brand and the future of the space, what do you, what do you see as the future for NFTs and crypto art and, and, and really what, what's, what does the future look like just in the space in general? I wish that I could answer that question. Like, like, honestly, like I have thoughts, but everything, like, I don't even like, even just over the course of the like year and change that I've been in, in the space so much has happened and shifted. And so it's, it is like truly unpredictable, but I guess one thing that, um, I'm as sure as one can be of is that digital assets, uh, and, and, uh, creative freedom and power to the artists is, is where we're headed. It's the future. And, um, I don't know what that looks like in like, in like a tangible describable way, but I, but I know, like, I, I trust my instinct that like, that's, that's all real and not made of sand. Um, everything else. I just don't know. I'm kind of along for the ride. Sure. Well, and, 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 and how validating too, is it that, you know, you, you say like, those are your instincts and it's like your instincts, your creative instincts led you to, this point now and and kind of thwarting the uh traditional powers that be and 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 you know it's all led to if anything can be taken it's it's in any part of life you know trust your instincts and uh it sounds like that this is just one piece that you trusting the direction of your art going into NFTs was just one part of your overall creative evolution. Yeah, perfectly put. Exactly. Like trust your instincts and just, you know, buy the ticket, take the ride. Type of <laughs> Amen. Uh, aside, aside from the movie, anything else coming up that, that we can expect to see from you in the coming months within the next year, or is, is really the sole focus on, on, shooting uh and 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 editing and and getting everything wrapped yeah i mean main focus is the movie um but i have a couple more super rare pieces that are coming out this year photographs and um and yeah some like i've got some stuff brewing some exciting announcements that are coming um but at, at the present moment it's um it's it's just full focus on the movie and the creative, which feels great. Yeah, amazing. Well, awesome. this has been another episode of the Lights Camera Crypto Podcast. Julie Pacino, thank you so much. Thank you. This is great. Awesome.
Thanks for listening to another episode of Lights, Camera, Crypto, a podcast produced by Matt Solon and Decentral Media. Music by Brian Duncan and Kareem Himes.